Hi, welcome to my podcast, Go For Two with Cargo. I'm your host, Cargo, and I'm joined by my co-host sometimes, Tyson, who is my two-year-old puppy. If this isn't your first time, hey, welcome back. And if you're new, hey, my name's Carlos, but everybody calls me Cargo, or Los. This is my podcast on where I keep you up to date on all 32 teams in the NFL, in season, and of course, during the offseason. During the NFL season, I got you covered on games, making predictions with some in-depth analysis, some fantasy football advice, and help break down some of the biggest headlines during the season. Now, during the offseason is where I like to go off. Get it? This is how my passion of football started. Since I was young, one of my favorite events was watching the NFL draft. Believe it or not, I used to write down every pick from player to team to even what school he went to. I grew up watching Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay talk about football prospects all day long. From trying to predict how teams will draft where a team will take the best available player or draft based on need. Now I've decided to share with you that same insight of my very own into my mock drafts. Now I'm not an expert, but it's always fun. I also like to cover free agent signing periods, and I also like to do a little quarterback shuffle where I create pairings for players to new places. I also, at the end of the offseason, will do an in-depth 32-team roster breakdown where I like to predict how their season will go and to see if they possibly did enough to make the playoffs and even possibly win a Super Bowl. Now, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Go For Two podcast. I'm your host, Cargo. Today's February 28th, a beautiful day here in San Antonio, Texas. So guys, I just kind of wanted to give you kind of a quick preview of, you know, how this episode and how the next couple episodes are going to be, okay? So this is going to be pretty much my mock draft 1.0. And the way it's going to work is each episode I have is going to be cut up into several different parts. Now, the reason why I did that is because in the past, usually I've kind of just done one take and gone through it all, all 32 picks at once, and the episode becomes like an hour and a half long. So I kind of wanted to make uh, four different episodes for you guys where I'm going to be going through eight picks at a time. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at every team picking in a row. I'm going to break down who I think they should take at the spot and why. Okay, now there are going to be possibly some trades in my mock draft, but we'll get to there when we get there. So basically every team, I'm going to look at um, what they need, also best available. And then sometimes, too, when you're in a division with teams, you kind of want to build to either beat them or be like them. So those are some of the things that I like to let you guys know that help me make the choice at the end of the day. Okay, and. With that being said, I know that the free agent signing period is coming up, so um, I will do some really fun episodes with free agent signing. So I'm basically going to be taking a bunch of different players and trying to fit where I think they're going to land. Now, with the free agent signing period, it gets a little bit tricky when doing a mock draft because let's say a team needs a quarterback, they end up signing a quarterback through free agency. So are they still going to draft a quarterback? That could be... Um, it's not necessarily always the case, 
Um, that's why we do this, though. That's why it's super fun. Uh, you just never know what's going to happen. And the NFL Combine is this week, so it's going to be super fun to watch. This is um, one of my favorite parts as well in the process, just because you know, you're watching these kids that have worked their entire lives to get to this moment right here. So um, it's always kind of funny to hear about the different headlines that come out of it. But there's also a lot of good stuff that comes out of it. We hear a lot of these guys' stories that we normally wouldn't hear on a day-to-day basis. So um, we're going to kind of watch them go through the workouts, and we're going to see who helps their draft stock rise or who possibly hurts their draft stock. You know, every year the draft has its own little headlines and stories within the draft. So uh, a couple of interesting things here for me. The Jacksonville Jaguars are picking first overall again. Now only three other teams have picked First overall in back-to-back drafts, uh, back in 1936-1937, the Philadelphia Eagles did that. And then the Bucks at the time were an expansion team, actually did this twice. Once in 1976-1977, and then again in 10 years in 1986-1987. And of course, the third team to do that... Um, actually did it twice as well. The Cleveland Browns did that in 1999 in the year 2000, where they took Tim Couch and Courtney Brown. And most recently in 2017-2018 by picking Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield in 2018. Now, another interesting fact about that 2018 draft was the last time a team had multiple picks in the top 10. Um, The Browns took... Baker Mayfield first overall, and then Denzel Ward fourth overall. Okay, and the reason why I say that is because last time we had one more than one team with two picks in the top 10 was 2000 when the then Washington Redskins selected LeVar Arrington second overall, Chris Samuels third overall, and the Ravens selected Jamal Lewis fifth overall, and Travis Taylor at 10th overall. So the two teams that have multiple picks in the top 10 are the New York Giants and the New York Jets. And I think it's just super fun because there's so many different scenarios that when the draft takes place, one player picked creates almost like that butterfly effect. So there's so many different uh, outcomes that could happen. So that's the reason why we do this. It's going to be super fun to watch them pick uh, because they're their picks will affect their next picks and they have a really good opportunity of collecting some cornerstone players as well. So let's go ahead and get into it with the first pick overall. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting offensive tackle Evan Neal out of Alabama. Now the Jets have their franchise quarterback already. Um, I do feel like Evan Neal has the most upside in this draft I believe he's um, like 6'7", 330 pounds. He's going to do terrific in the NFL Combine. And the Jaguars' offensive tackles have been good, not great. Um, A couple of them could be leaving to free agency. So I think the most important thing is just uh, Doug Peterson letting Trevor Lawrence know that, hey, I'm on your side. We want to protect you, and we want to help you by giving you a run game with Travis Etienne and James Robinson. 
Now, the other option could have been Aiden Hutchinson. I think it's going to go really kind of back and forth. Um, he still could be an option. I know the Jags edges, edge players have been underperforming. You know, Josh Allen has shown flashes, just not been consistent. And um, Kayvon Chisholm out of LSU uh, was another first-round draft pick that kind of hasn't lived up to the hype quite yet. Next, I have the Detroit Lions. I have them taking edge rusher Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. Um, Lions uh, need the best available player, and they got it at two, so that's a steal for them. And there's a lot of conversation going between um, Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. I think I like Aiden Hutchinson a little bit more. Um, he kind of gives me that, you know, maybe Nick Bosa type of vibe. Um, where he's just more fundamentally sound, technically sound, uh, extremely smart player. If you kind of watched him back at Michigan, um, he was able to kind of uh, dictate certain plays based off formations. Um, I just think he's an overall a really good player. And, you know, too, also I kind of like the sentimental value of him kind of playing like close to Ann Arbor uh, in Detroit. So um, I think it'll give something uh, Detroit Lions something to watch as they buy games. Uh, buy tickets to the games. Third, we have the Houston Texans. Um, I have them taking edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. I think this is, once again, the best available player. I think this is going to be a Lovey Smith type of pick right here. Um, Kayvon has an opportunity to become the next Amario Williams for the Houston Texans. Um, just so much upside. We talked about him, you know, when he was coming out of high school as this, you know, gifted athlete. Um, and he had some really good moments at Oregon. I know everybody's kind of questioned his motivation. Um, I, I don't I don't necessarily believe in all that quite yet. Um, but I think the NFL Combine will be uh, uh, fun to watch him perform there. Um, the Texans could also do a number of different things. Um, they could go off at the tackle. Um, I do believe Laramie Tunsil will be traded. Um, so there could be an opening on offensive to tackle. I know they have Towers, Titus Howard moved to left tackle. So they might just try to patch that offensive line if they can. Um, but they could be in the market to possibly uh, uh, maybe trading back if somebody wants to move up. Um, and there's a reason why they're going to want to move up to the third spot. And I'll explain here in a second. Um, yeah, so uh, fourth overall, we have the New York Jets. I have them taking offensive tackle Iki Anua out of NC State. Um, I know it's it's kind of crazy just because over the last uh, couple of years, they've already invested into that offensive line a lot. Um, but once again, this is about protecting your most important asset at quarterback. So, And then Iki is a guy who will literally move people um, off their spots. So I feel like he could play tackle, guard. Uh, we don't really know what's going on with Mekhi Becton. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they try to put these guys in the best spot for them to be successful. Um, the Jets, this is one of two picks in the top 10. So they will be picking here again in a little bit. Um, another, A couple other places they could address is possibly wide receiver, cornerback, and edge. Um, and the reason why... There's a team that could possibly move up to third. It's because we're going to see a little bit of the run on the offensive tackles here, okay? So there's pretty much three premier offensive tackles. We've already talked about two of them. Um, the third one is actually going to be right here for the uh, New York Giants. Uh, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. 
Um, he might be the best pass-protecting offensive tackle in this draft, and I think that's going to be a huge boost for Daniel Jones, um, who pretty much is a ride-or-die type of season. And I think Brian Dabal is going to just invest a lot into Daniel Jones. I know they have invested a lot of high draft picks on the offensive line over the last couple of years, Andrew Thomas, um, and uh, other guys that they've added through free agency, like Nate Soldier. And even even at the wide receiver position with Kenny G, um, uh, just a very talented team. You can kind of see the run on offensive tackles here. So it kind of reminds me of back at that 2020 draft where um, you had Andrew Thomas went fourth overall. Uh, you had... Uh, Jedrick Wills go 11th, Mekhi Becton, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Jedrick Wills at 10, Mekhi Becton at 11, and then Tristan Wolfs went at 13. So a lot of these people have all these offensive tackles drafted, you know, pretty differently. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see um, how they rank. And I think that's why the Houston Texans could be receiving phone calls uh, from the Carolina Panthers if they feel like, you know, hey, we, we want to move up to get one of these premier tackles. I think it would have to be at that third spot with Houston. So um, it, sh- it should be interesting because I think what the Panthers... Next, we have the Carolina Panthers at six. I have them taking offensive tackle Trevor Pinning, Northern Iowa. This one's really tough. This one's kind of a little bit of a reach for me. This is a guy that's um, somewhere in my 20s um, as far as, you know, ranking players, but... Um, they do have other needs they could address. Obviously, quarterback is still a question mark, edge rusher and cornerback. But their offensive line was really, really bad last year. Um, I think Trevor Peening um, can possibly move inside, play guard, and then maybe move back outside. Um, he might be a guy who could play right tackle as well, depending on how they see they can fit him on this offensive line. Um, and... Like I said, they could address the quarterback position. Stephon Gilmore and Deontay Jackson's might be free agents. Um, I I do feel like they have some depth at that position as well. And for me, it could get interesting at six because this is a team that possibly, like I said, can move up to three to maybe take one of those offensive tackles or maybe move back down to still get uh, Trevor Peening out of Northern Iowa. Um, the thing is, it's very tough just because with them training for Sam Darnold last year, they don't have a second-round pick in this draft. Now, at 7, we have the New York Giants. This pick comes via the Chicago Bears for the trade-up to get Justin Fields last year. Um, and one of the, the other positions that the Giants could address is edge here at this spot. But I think with some of the top edge rushers already going... I think they're going to go ahead and go a wide receiver, Drake London, out of USC. Uh, before the ankle injury, um, he's it was an absolute beast. He's 6'5". He played basketball, so yeah, he could definitely you know break your ankles and then go get those 50-50 balls. Um, like I said, I think it's all about um, you know investing all these assets into Daniel Jones to see what they can get out of him this year. Um, and... You know, it's interesting because with Daniel Jones, if they they decline his fifth-year option, they could be in the market for a quarterback. Uh, But I just think uh, five and seven are too rich for the quarterbacks here in this draft. And the reason why I don't have them going edge rusher is because I think Ron Martindale, um, he's really good at 
finding ways to create pressure with what he has. So um, I think his system will um, allow other guys to make plays for them. Now at eight, this is the interesting spot here. Um, I have the Falcons actually, this is, uh, uh, I have them taking safety Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Uh, a lot has been said about the safety position. Um, it's one of those positions that's not a premier position. And, but I don't think the Falcons really care. I mean, last year they took Kyle Pitts fourth overall as a tight end. So I think here it's going to be the uh, best best available at eight. And this is a guy who possibly has top five talent. Uh, another steal for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, they could go in a, a number of different ways just because we don't know what's going to happen with Calvin Ridley at wide receiver. He could be a guy that gets traded. Uh, quarterback Matt Ryan, they've already committed to him for 2022, so that's out. And then they could look at having possibly their choice at corner with uh, Derek Stingley Jr. or Sauce Gardner. Alrighty, guys, there you have it. Those are picks one through eight. Uh, tune in tomorrow for picks nine through 16. Like I said, um, each day I'll be posting eight picks at a time uh, just to kind of give you guys some time to. Um, listen to them all without having to listen to it all at once, okay? So there you guys have it. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Go For Two podcast. Um, like I've said before, I'm your host, Cargo. And then always, always make sure you treat people with kindness. You just never know what they're kind of going through, okay? Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And please feel free to reach out to me via social media. Uh, my IG is Carlos Gus 17 and Twitter... Carlos Gus 3.